Chelsea have sacked Frank Lampard just one and a half years into his three-year contract. But would you like to see the crew... The Cronkies, I should say, be so ruthless. What a start to the show. <laughs> You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. Hopefully I've sorted my words out now, made a right pig's ear of that intro, but it is what it is. Welcome uh, back to the programme and today we're going to be doing something a little bit different because of course uh, the big news to come out of the Premier League today is the sacking of Frank Lampard. Now the news broke this morning that it was going to happen, that a, a, an official announcement, a confirmation was going to follow shortly afterwards. And it looks as though Chelsea have already found their replacement in former Paris Saint-Germain boss Thomas Tuchel. He's expected, according to Sky Sports, to sign for the club before Wednesday. Uh, so it looks like Chelsea uh, would have had the successor all lined up uh, as they normally do. Um, and, and Roman Abramovich is, is continuing to be ruthless. We're going to be discussing the sacking of Frank Lampard, whether or not, in our opinion, he deserved it. And of course, we're going to be talking about whether you'd like to see the Arsenal ownership be so kind of forthright and decisive in their decisions. Would you like to see them act quicker when things are not quite going to plan? We'll be discussing all of that on today's podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you smash that like button. It's so, so important. Give the video a like and um, a big hello to every single one of you in the live chat uh, at the moment. Hello to Clement. Um, hello to Saka, uh, to Akshat, to Mel, to Banos, uh, to Joe, uh, to Russ, to Steve, to Haji Mohammed, uh, to Mandy, to all of you. Welcome uh, to the chat. Let's, um, let's begin by discussing whether or not Frank Lampard, first of all, deserved the sack. And, you know, I've got a tiny little bit of sympathy for Frank Lampard, and I'll give you the reasons why. But ultimately, I do think that this news shouldn't be a surprise. You know, it shouldn't be met with with shock. It shouldn't be met with outrage because Chelsea are in ninth place in the Premier League. Chelsea, having spent an absolute fortune, are just two points clear of arguably the worst Arsenal side in the last 20 years. And and Frank Lampard has been backed. You know, it's as simple as that. If you think about if you think about sort of his first season, obviously the, the, the transfer ban was in place. And there was a lot of talk about that being a bit of a, a sort of handicap and a bit of a hindrance for Frank Lampard. Actually, whilst I accept there were some difficulties to that. I actually think it was the opposite. I actually think what that transfer ban did was take the pressure off of Frank Lampard. You know, he went on to to qualify for the Champions League, which was a really good achievement considering uh, sort of how much youth he embedded into the team and all of that stuff. I get all of that and I accept it. And it was a pretty decent achievement. But let's not forget that Leicester City completely capitulated as well. Um, You know, they're opening the door uh, for... Uh, you know, Chelsea to sneak into that 
that Champions League place. And I'm just double checking because I want to make sure I'm correct before I say this. But if I'm not mistaken, yeah, even Manchester United finished above them. And, and you know, Leicester were miles clear of everybody else. At one time, people were talking about them challenging Liverpool for the Premier League title, but they completely fell away towards the back end of last season, opening the door for Frank Lampard. Yes, you've got to put a run together uh, to get there and, and credit to Chelsea. They did that. But as I say, I, I feel like the fact they were dealing with a transfer ban in which they still somehow managed to bring players into the club, but that's Chelsea for you. The fact that they, you know, had that transfer ban, I actually think took a lot of the pressure off of Frank Lampard. And, and I know a lot of Chelsea fans that spent, particularly the first half of the season going, yeah, do you know what? You know, we're not going to make the top four. It doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter how it goes right now. It's about building. It's about the longer term. And some of them genuinely thought that Frank Lampard was going to be given time. It was as if they'd forgotten what club they'd been supporting all these years. Chelsea do not give people time. Roman Abramovich does not give people time. Roman Abramovich wants instant success. And you can call him ruthless. You can call him, um, you know, wrong to do the things he does in terms of the way he lets managers go, the way he chops them, the way he moves them on. But ultimately, if you look at Chelsea, since Roman Abramovich has come in, they've been so successful as a football club that it's very hard to argue with that approach, to argue that it's brought success anyway. Whether you agree with it morally or not is a different thing. But actually, um, you know, you, you can't argue with the fact that Roman Abramovich has brought great success to Chelsea Football Club and the model works. Um, let's, uh, let's see what some of you guys are saying in the live chat. Get your comments in. We'll come to those now. Uh, Kevin Campbell, former Arsenal man. How you doing, Kev? He says, hi, Harry. Hope all is well. Chelsea are not a club who build as their owner wants to win now, and he's fully invested in the win now mentality. There is no time at Chelsea, unfortunately. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Kevin. And as I've said already, you know, you go and bring in Werner, Havertz. Those two alone cost a combined £120 million. You bring in Hakim Ziyech. You bring in Thiago Silva, who certainly wage-wise isn't going to be on... Um, uh, on uh, anything other than a massive pay packet. You bring in another goalkeeper in Mendy because that's what Frank Lampard wanted. You know, they certainly did back Frank. As soon as that transfer ban was lifted, they really backed him. And I said it at the time, uh, for those of you who listen sort of to the gas tank on 90 Min or, or any other sort of outlets I've been on, whenever discussing, uh, discussing, discussing Frank Lampard, I've always said that the minute that checkbook opened, the pressure on Frank Lampard increased by a tenfold. And now you're seeing the consequences of him not being able to handle that pressure, not being able to live up to the level of expectation at Stamford Bridge. There is an expectation at Stamford Bridge that if, as a manager, you are handed £200 million plus to go out and get the players you want, to try and build the squad you want, you simply then have to get results. And you're not talking about Chelsea being a few points off the Premier League leaders right now. You're not talking about Chelsea, you know, having a, a couple of games, you know, in uh, sort of consecutively where they've been out of, uh, out of sorts. They've won one of their last five. They've lost three of that last five. And um, currently they're five points off the top four, five points off Liverpool. As I said, two points clear of the worst Arsenal side in ages. Aston Villa are above them, West Ham are above them, Everton are above them, Leicester are above them. 
It's not acceptable. And and that's the harsh reality of it. I think it's difficult for Chelsea fans to look at this objectively, though, because they are Chelsea fans and they hold Frank Lampard in such high esteem that they dare not criticise him. They dare not slag him off and they feel that he deserved more time. Unfortunately, to Roman Abramovich, your status as a player at Chelsea or, or, or as a legend in the past means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Ask Jose Mourinho, he'll tell you. Roman Abramovich wants to win. He wants to win now. And when you look at where Chelsea find themselves at present, which is in a, you know, it's not a position that they they can't turn around. You know, they can still make the top four. What did I say? There were four points off of it. Uh, 29, five points off of it. It's not impossible. They can easily turn that around if they put a run together. Of course they can. But the point is that Roman Abramovich doesn't want to proceed with Project Frank Lampard any longer was always a risk giving him the job. They brought him in at a time where they couldn't, you know, go out and do significant business because of the transfer ban. And he was a bit of a stopgap in terms of getting the fans back on side. Um, you know, if Chelsea were going to be well below par, then having Frank Lampard as the face of it would make that a lot more acceptable to many of the fans. And I think it was a smart move by Abramovich in that sense. But it's become abundantly clear that when Chelsea expectations went up a notch, i.e. the expectation to challenge for the Premier League because they've just spent an absolute fortune on players. Frank Lampard couldn't live up to that. And, and, and it's as simple as that. Let's uh, let's go over to the live comments, see what you guys are saying. Uh, T-Talk says Chelsea should have given him until the end of the season, though. Yeah, um, uh, you know, there's certainly an argument for that. And that's why I said right at the top of the show, you know, I've got a little bit of sympathy for Frank. But the, the point... I guess I'm trying to get across is that this should come as no surprise to anyone because this is what Chelsea do. Um, Marshall makes the comparison between uh, Frank Lampard and Mikel Arteta. He says it's hilarious how Chelsea have sacked Lampard, yet Arsenal haven't sacked Arteta yet. Yeah, but we're in two completely different spaces. You know, you're talking about a club with the financial muscle that Chelsea have to go out and spend a couple of hundred million and revamp the squad in a summer. Arsenal, you're talking about a project that is clearly more long-term, largely because the finance isn't there to to speed up the process. And also, Frank Lampard's had a year and a half. Mikel Arteta's had a year. You know, if if, if Mikel Arteta doesn't start, um, you know, proving his worth in, in six months' time, I'm sure there'll be pressure on Mikel Arteta as well, because that's how long it took for the club to push Unai Emery out. So I think the Arteta talk is a little bit premature, because of the situation that Arsenal find themselves in or found themselves in when he took over the club. I know people will say that Lampard came in into a bit of a shitstorm, uh, a weak Chelsea side, having to rely on youth, transfer ban, etc. But Frank Lampard ultimately always knew, didn't he? He always knew um, that come the next summer, he was going to get a checkbook handed to him uh, of blank checks and, and, and would go out and get the players he wanted. Now, you know, you could argue that maybe Frank Lampard isn't the only one calling the shots at Chelsea. We've seen in the past that others have been involved in their recruitment and that's not always worked out. But, you know, you, you as a manager or as a head coach nowadays, sometimes that's just the way it is. And your job is to get the best out of the group given to you. And there's no doubt that there is more talent in that Chelsea squad 
them being in ninth place. And that's ultimately what Frank has uh, paid the price for. Uh, Steve Stone says the Chelsea model is based on money, completely different model at Arsenal. Not saying it's right or wrong. It's just how it is. Uh, my eyes are more on our owners personally. Yeah, but look, if if our owners, you know, pull, pulled the trigger on Mikel Arteta now, I'd say that would be, you know, premature because the situation is very different. You know, they, they, they won't give Arsenal £200 million plus to go and sign, uh, you know, five or six really, really important players in the summer transfer window. So it's a very, very different situation. And that's why I think they're more understanding of of why, um, you know, Mikel Arteta needs time. But ultimately as well, they're just not as motivated to win as Roman Abramovich is. You know, Roman Abramovich, when he first came in and started pumping millions into the team, there was a lot of people out there who said, He'll get fed up after three or four years and he'll disappear and he won't be interested anymore. And to Roman Abramovich's credit, throughout his Chelsea ownership, he's always strived for them to be competing at the very top, to be competing for the biggest prizes. They've been extremely successful since he's done that, since he's taken over the reins. And as I said earlier on, again, you know, how much can you argue with an approach that ultimately brings success? Um, Zissi says, hi, Harry, glad you had the same Snow time with your little man. Thank you, man. He says, uh, why are people surprised that Frank Lampard was sacked? Roberto Di Matteo was managing Chelsea a mere five months and won their only CL and an FA Cup. Next season, based on five poor results, he got the chop. Abramovich demands success. They spent a king's ransom in the transfer market. Sacking Arteta, though, won't achieve much. They would merely swap seats on the Titanic by bringing in Vieira or, say, Henri. Um... Dennis Waweru says, why are Arsenal fans angry? Aren't we the same fans that are now crying for how the board sacked Wenger? I'm sorry, but I don't want to be Chelsea Football Club. No, I'm I'm not angry. I, I As I've said, I've, I've given you reasons as to why I think that Frank Lampard's position become untenable. I think it was absolutely, you know, based on, on footballing reasons, the right decision from Roman Abramovich. Having made that kind of investment, as I say, Frank Lampard, old you know, ultimately, automatically, I should say, was under a great deal more pressure. And unfortunately uh, for him, he's not been able to live up to that expectation. And there there we are. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's paid the price for that. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, uh, T Talk says, why hire an inexperienced manager if they want instant success? Agreed. I think that was a, an appointment made with the heart rather than the head. And one that, as I said, would guide them through a period that was always going to be a little bit uncertain. Um, it was always going to be a little bit uncertain by putting a face at the front of the campaign that the fans would never challenge. And that's what Frank Lampard is. You know, I've watched some some videos from some Chelsea creators this morning and they're almost in tears at the fact that Frank Lampard's gone. They're calling it a disgrace. They're upset. You know, they're disappointed that, that a legend has been treated that way. But ultimately, what did they expect? The club have, have shown form for this for years and years and years. It's no surprise. Uh, let's uh, continue uh, through your comments. Russ says, I can see why Roman wants to succeed. As it's his own money he is pouring in year after year. The Cronkies are a business who know very little football. Yeah, I think sometimes the, um, you, you know, the, the comparisons between the Cronkies and Abramovich are just not not worth doing. Um, you know, it's two completely different operations being run in completely different ways with completely different values. Um, and, and 
and the two situations I think are incomparable. Uh, Gemma says you hire an apprentice, you can't expect instant success. Yep. I guess you could apply that same logic uh, to Arsenal as well, I guess. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Jid F32 says came here after I saw the title. The answer is no. So Arsenal fans don't want to see the Cronkies be as ruthless as Roman Abramovich. Yeah, look, Arsenal's owners can't be that ruthless unless they're going to keep putting their hand in their pocket and buying new squads for new managers. If that's not the case, then they have to be a little bit more patient. Um, you know, and, and I think they're a little bit smarter in the way they've done things as well. Maybe smarter is not the, wrong, the right term, but they protect themselves a little more than Roman Abramovich does, you know, gives Frank Lampard a three-year contract. Arsenal bought in Unai Emery, who was a highly experienced operator and only gave him a two-year contract because they weren't 100% sure on whether that was the right move. In Frank Lampard's case, as an apprentice, if you like, having managed Derby County for one season in which he took them from sixth to sixth, um, you know, giving him a three-year contract was not protecting Roman Abramovich's sort of... Uh, back and and that's the kind of difference, isn't it? Arsenal are a lot more pragmatic in terms of that kind of thing, whereas Roman Abramovich is a lot more blasé, throws money at things. Sometimes it sticks, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the armchair Guna says the football landscape has changed a lot. Many more teams in the mix now. I'm not so sure their model of sacking managers as regularly uh, and as ruthlessly as they do will work as well now. Maybe not, uh, but I guess only time uh, will tell. Um, Dan DeLuca, one of our regulars on the social club, he says any club that spends 200 million needs to be higher than ninth. It's that simple. And I agree with that. Um, you know, that's the that's the big point here, isn't it? You know, you can talk about all the in all the other bits, but that is kind of the the crux of it at that price. You know, well, in terms of that level of investment, you need to get more out of it. And unfortunately for Frank Lampard, he hasn't been able to deliver that. And Chelsea are being Chelsea and they've binned him off. Binned him off with a year and a half remaining on his contract. Um, I want to say a massive thank you uh, to Gert, who's just became a member uh, of our YouTube channel. Mate, I appreciate that so, so much. Uh, welcome. Make sure you go over to the community tab. Um, you'll find the members only post where you can get access to our Discord server. Come in there. We chat Arsenal all day. We've been chatting about Frank Lampard this morning, but we're normally talking Arsenal. Um, some interesting topics of conversation today, like Eddie and Ketia and Francis Jeffers uh, so far. So, uh, yeah, come over there. Check it out. Um, thank you for signing up. Your support is very much appreciated. And if you uh, are interested in becoming a Chronicles of Aguna member and joining our little family, all you need to do is click on the link in the description. It will take you to the landing page whereby you can see the three tiers of membership available and you can decide which, if any of those, appeal to you. So uh, thank you once again, Gert, and I hope to see more of you uh, joining us in the near future. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you hit the like button on YouTube. It is so, so important. We're going to check in right now on how many likes we've got, because as I always say, likes push the video up the rankings. And that is what we need to do. We've only got 48 likes, but on YouTube alone, there is 264 of you watching us live right now. So surely, surely we can get that up to at least 100 um, at the minimum. I'd like 150, but you know, one step at a time. Let's get that up to 100 uh, as soon as possible. Um, let's see what else you guys are saying um, in regards to 
to the um to the sacking of Frank Lampard. Uh, out and out Gunners podcast says I think it was ruthless, but I think it's one where time will tell, mate, to be honest. Uh Matt Devereaux says I'd rather give up on football than sell out to that toxic owner. Um he says sell your soul to the devil if you want. I'd rather not. Um Roy Aberdeen says not in the mood to like any Arsenal channel when the club have shown no real progress. Okay. Um, Ryan Adams says, but the Chelsea owners care about their club, unlike the Cronkies. What else have we got here? Uh, Gunatel says, if Tuchel, Tuchel comes in and does bits at Chelsea, you can bet your bottom dollar that the masses will say we should have sacked Arteta uh, earlier if he doesn't succeed. Yep. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll you'll probably hear that, you know, and, and obviously this um, this kind of debate around Mikel Arteta is just going to continue, isn't it? It's going to keep going up and down uh, between now and, and whenever he does eventually lose the job because the results are up and down. That's the reality of it. Um, Thomas Tuchel, you know, I like Thomas Tuchel. I think he's a decent coach, but, you know, for me, still looking out there, I still prefer Max Allegri. And I've just written a piece actually um, for 90 Min on why I think Allegri would have been a better option for Chelsea right now. Uh, but according to Fabrizio Romano, Allegri is considering other options at the moment. So it'll be, um, you know, be interesting to see where he ends up. But yeah, uh, too cool for me. There's times where I look at him and I think, yeah, brilliant. And other times where I'm a little bit unconvinced still. Deserves credit for getting PSG to the Champions League final last season for sure. Uh, but, you know, they sacked him last month. So obviously there were issues there behind the scenes. And Thomas Tuchel is notoriously a manager, a head coach, if you like, who who clashes horns with with club ownership and club management. And maybe, you know, with Chelsea's board the way they are and the ruthlessness that Chelsea show, maybe this is headed for a disaster. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see. Uh, CDH has become a member of the channel as well. Thank you so, so much, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Welcome uh, to the Chronicles of Aguna family. Don't forget, if you want to become a Chronicles of Aguna member and support me in bringing you more football content, then click on the link uh, in the description and uh, join up. We'd love to have you on board. Um, and a quick reminder to the members, actually, that today I'll be asking uh, for your Q&A questions for this week's uh, members only Q&A video. Uh, so get those questions into me via the Discord server and our new members. Make sure you come over uh, and join us. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Um, RW asks, and it's the, the question I put in the title, would you be happy if the Cronkies were this ruthless? If we had them, and I'll go back to what I said before, if we had the money to throw at transfer windows, if we had the money to make a change and then back the new manager immediately, then then I'd like them to be ruthless. Yeah, because Chelsea's ruthlessness, for all the criticism it gets, is the root of their success since Roman Abramovich took over. The fact that he doesn't accept shit standards, the fact that he always wants to win um, and always wants to get ahead of the trend in terms of bringing you know, some of the best managers to the football club, you know, that's why they've been successful. But in Arsenal's case, where the finance isn't there, it's very, very different. Um, you know, if you think about the managers that have managed Chelsea, and I know a lot of people have brought up the, the Di Matteo example, not a great manager, obviously, um, despite what he achieved. But if you think about some of the greats that have managed that club, you know, since Abramovich took over, Jose Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, um, 
You know, you're talking about people like Gus Hiddink, Rafa Benitez, all top, top managers. You're talking about, uh, you know, when he was one of the best in the business at the time, Felipe Scolari coming in. They, whoever was at the pinnacle of world football, Chelsea were going after them. And, and more often than not, they've got their man. So unless, you know, you can only be that ruthless if you're then going to put your money where your mouth is and back that manager in doing what they need to do. But then also knowing that if you then see it's not going right, you have to have the balls to pull the trigger early doors and get someone else in. And that's what Chelsea do. That's the way they've always done it. And whether you like it or you don't like it, nobody can deny the success uh, that it has brought. Um, let's go to a couple of other questions. There's a couple of kind of um, non-related, uh, non-related Frank Lampard bits that we'll touch on as well. Um, love this one from uh, Justa. Thank you for your kind donation as well, mate. Really appreciate it. He says, should we go after Frank and play him next to party? Um, yeah, a prime Frank will do. We'll take him. No doubt about that. Not so sure he's got the legs anymore, though. <laughs> Maybe he might still be quicker than Granite Xhaka on the turn, though. Who knows? <laughs> uh, big hello to Brian, who joins us. He says, hi, Harry. Sorry, I'm late. No problem, man. Uh, he says, between Nketiah and Balogun, who would you keep? I just... You know, this debate has been has been going on for a little while now, hasn't it? Um, about sort of which of the two should be higher up the pecking order at Arsenal right now. And for me, I, I just don't rate Eddie Nketiah. I can't say with any confidence that Balogun is necessarily going to come in and do better because we haven't seen enough to know that. You know, it would be a guess. It would be based on very little um, that we'd be making that assumption and that judgment. But for me... I just don't think that Enketia is up to it. So I'd gamble on Balogun for that reason, because Enketia for me, I don't think will ever, um, will ever get to that level and will ever get to that kind of status of striker that we need. So for me, based on that, and it's not based on Balogun at all, because as I say, we've seen glimpses, we've seen bits and pieces, we've seen flashes in the, um, you know, in the uh, in the kind of lower levels, under 23s, under 18s, whatever. You know, we've seen those flashes, but based solely on the fact that I don't think Eddie and Ketty is good enough uh, to do it in the long run, I, I lean slightly um, towards uh, towards taking the gamble on Balogun. Uh, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, Robin says, Harry, what is Tuchel's way of playing football? If you should describe him as an attacking coach, Thomas Tuchel um, comes from that kind of, you know, it, when you think about German coaches, there's kind of this new younger generation at the moment, isn't there? With like Thomas Tuchel, um, Julian Nagelsmann, and those guys have always been lauded all around Europe. I think he's an attacking coach, Thomas Tuchel. Tactically, I couldn't give you that much detail. I've got to be honest. It's something I can go away and, and have a, a bit of research done on. But um, yeah, you know, he'll, you, you expect him to bring an attacking brand of football to Chelsea. And you wonder, don't you, how much of his appointment is geared towards trying to get the best out of two young Germans in Werner and Havertz? Is that the right approach? I don't know. But having spent such an absolute fortune on those two players... You can bet your bottom dollar that if Chelsea thought Thomas Tuchel would be the best man uh, to get the best out of them, then that's why they've gone to him. Um, feels a little bit short-term-ish, 
but then every manager's term at Chelsea is short is a short one, isn't it? So, yeah, not surprised in the slightest. Uh, Kevin Jean says the LA Rams have got the youngest coach in the NFL and Sean McVay. Arsenal have got the youngest coach in the Premier League. Coincidence? Maybe Stan likes coaches that will not criticise him. So comparing the situation uh, at the LA Rams to that of Arsenal Football Club, I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm, I think it's probably just a coincidence, um, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from and there, there might be some legs to that, but I just I don't really see it, if I'm honest. Uh, let's see what else you guys are saying. Um, Gunatel says, did you see the Ericsson slash Torreira swap rumours? Yeah, look, Lucas Torreira's making headlines at the moment. It looks like he could be off permanently sooner rather than later. The Atletico Madrid loan not quite gone the way he would have hoped and not the way Arsenal would have hoped. Rumours last night that Monaco were interested in coming and prizing him away uh, in terms of buying him. So we don't know about that. But we also know that Lucas Torreira still maintains a very good reputation in Italian football. Ericsson is having an absolute nightmare at Inter. We know that they're trying to move him out between now and the window. We know that he wants to go. Will it happen? I don't know. Um, a swap deal with Lucas Torreira, I can't see it. But I do think that Lucas Torreira, if not in this sort of next few days, he'll certainly be off permanently in the summer. Um, now with Christian Eriksen, I can't see him coming to Arsenal. I really can't. Uh, big hello to Oz. He says, hey, Harry, my first comment here. Great content. Keep it up, buddy. Thank you so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, what else have we got? We'll pick up a couple more comments before we wrap up. Mondays are always a nuts day for me uh, work-wise, but don't worry. We'll be back later on with another edition of the podcast uh, around about, or well, just after 5 p.m. So keep your eyes peeled for that one as well. Um, just a, a kind of final word on the um, on the Thomas Tuchel appointment, which seems to be imminent. The armchair Gunas says, considering Tuchel has had public spats with several clubs, I don't think he will last all that long at Chelsea. Yeah, you know, I agree. Uh, I certainly agree. And just the final comment I'm going to pick up from Harry Land. He says, ruthlessness doesn't always equal success. Were Liverpool ruthless when Klopp was finding his feet? City ruthless after Pep's dodgy year. Have ruthless Chelsea been successful since sacking Conte? Interesting points. I would still argue that throughout Abramovich's time, though, they've been largely successful overall. But, if you know, those examples that you bring up, they're good. They're good examples, good points. And yeah, since Thomas, uh, sorry, since Antonio Conte left, it's not been sort of Premier League winning level, but there's still been, you know, what, a Europa League win. Um, there's still been a level of success at Chelsea uh, that would suggest that throughout Abramovich, or keeps the trend going, that throughout Abramovich's tenure, they've always been there or, or, or thereabouts. Right, uh, apologies if I didn't get to your uh, comments. I'm going to have to leave it there. As I said, plenty of work on today, but um, I'll be back later on with another episode. Don't forget, if you want to become a member, click the link in the description and come join us. Don't forget, if you are an existing member, make sure you join the Discord server and get your questions in for the Q&A video that I'm going to be recording tonight. Um, possibly delay it to tomorrow morning uh, if you uh, want me to give you a bit of extra time to get those questions in. But yeah, yeah. Uh, We'll be back later on with more and we'll be talking Arsenal uh, primarily later, I promise. Until then, take care.
You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.